All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you very much. Kelly is recorded. I don't know if you are aware of that, but Kelly doesn't come in every week to, to do those things live. And I said to Jared Taylor, who produces my program, just before we started, I hope they're listening. And then Kelly comes in and says, you're listening. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I hope so, Kelly. Sure hope so. What a week. Oh, my goodness. We had no power at our house for 20 hours. Don't know about you all, but... Um, this is, it got to 49 degrees in our house. We are all electric. That seemed, seemed like such a great idea at the time, 44 years ago, 45 years ago now. And uh, there have been moments that we have regretted that. The, uh, the sad part of that, let me give you the phone number so you can start calling, pouring those calls into me to uh, let me know that you are listening. Uh, this is a lawn and garden program. Let me officially identify what this is. I'm Neil Sperry, and this is the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We broadcast live on Saturdays to about 33 stations, from Alpine to Crockett, and from Victoria Corpus Christi to Amarillo. That's a pretty big swath, and I'll help you with your lawn and garden and vegetable garden, flower garden, uh, houseplants, just not pastures, just things that are urban horticulture, please. And here's your phone number. If you'd like to call, I'd love to hear from you. I'm hoping there will be listeners who want to talk gardening. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. So we live out in the country. We li- I, I tell you every once in a while, almost every week, we live northeast of the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Dallas in Collin County outside McKinney. My wife has been on the McKinney School Board for a, a long time. And uh, we love it out in the country. The country isn't as country as it used to be, but it still has power outages. We're a rural electric association where we live. All right, so to my point, uh, our power goes out and the whole neighborhood is dark because most of us rely on electric uh, heating for our homes. Or if you don't have electricity, your, your uh, gas heaters normally don't work unless you have space heaters. All right, I'm getting deep in the weeds here, to the story. Uh, so the whole neighborhood is dark, if you can get out to look, except for Neil's greenhouse, because Neil's greenhouse is pretty important to Neil. I don't have a swimming pool. I don't play golf, and this doesn't matter, but I don't, don't drink, don't go out to the bars on Friday nights. So my greenhouse is my vice, and it can be an expensive vice. It's a 30 by 60 foot greenhouse, and I have some plants that are very important to me in the greenhouse. And my wife has put up with this for more than 50 years of marriage, 55 this August. And so years ago, seven or eight years ago, I invested in a really good generator. And it it was better than trying to put in kerosene uh, salamander heaters because it didn't smoke everything up. And... So that worked out really well. I could step outside and I could hear if it was kicking in and running. It has to have a pretty sophisticated default system so it doesn't run while the electricity's on. That would not be good. All right. Uh, well, we this year we had an odd problem. My greenhouse is inflated plastic with a little blower in between the two layers of plastic. And the neighborhood raccoon decided it would be toasty warm in between those two layers of plastic. And so he got in there and was very comfortable and in the process ruined my plastic. Well, that's a 
couple thousand dollars to replace plastic, get the company up to go up on the greenhouse and replace it. The plastic's expensive. It's four-year plastic, and it had been up for a year. So I wasted three years of that. Had it replaced um, after the one year. Had it replaced in December. I'll be darned if it didn't come up again. And I had it repaired this, this time. This was about a month ago. And I said, all right. I, I took corrective action I thought would stop the thing, but he still I didn't find the right access point, I guess. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to have lighting in there that will surely scare him away. So I got some LED light bulbs. The bulbs that I had in my greenhouse, 150 watts, were for working in there back 35 years ago when I had the greenhouse moved and, and put. They're 15 feet off the ground. And four of the six were still very functional. We replaced all six with 150-watt LEDs. Do you have any idea how much light not, uh, six 150-watt light bulbs put out? They can see it from the space shuttle. I'll just put it that way. And so the other night when the power went out, and I went out to see if I could hear the heaters running, the blowers running, I didn't need to go far because I could see this giant glow in the dark sky, and my greenhouse was lighted. And I thought, oh, it's working, it's working. So neighbors must think, what on earth is going on over there? So anyway, I'm, I'm not raising marijuana in my greenhouse. I'm raising my Haworthias and my philodendrons and crotons and the plants you see in e-gardens. I put pictures of my greenhouse in my electronic newsletter periodically. And so far, I don't, don't want to boast yet, so far the light has discouraged the raccoon from a third visit. We also have have a heart traps set around it with sardines and we've captured three cats neighborhood cats that we've of course released they don't come back a second time so it does work but that's been our saga for the last few weeks so that's uh, that's how our last few days have been i hope you've been better and i hope uh, you haven't had any damage to your uh, plumbing and and uh, any any limb breakage. We've lost a lot of limbs in our eastern red cedars. If I can help you with a plant question, give us a call, please. It's 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. And uh, we'll get the program underway. I'm going to tell you about Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Love to hear from you on this. like to sign a book for you. I'll be signing uh, tomorrow evening. And, uh, and Monday morning, and we will get them in the mail on Tuesday. This is your go-to gardening reference. This is a book of 344 pages. There is a huge amount of information in this book. It's 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. It, uh, it covers soils and climatic zones and why I think we should follow the 1990 USDA hardiness zone map this week proves it again. Instead of the 2012 map, I, I just I rest the case. You'd look at Chapter 1 and see if you don't agree after this week and last year and a couple of other years since that 2012 map came out. And the Chapter 2 is the chapter that people tell me, this will pay for the book, Neil. Goodness gracious. It's a 48-page calendar of when you plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all the plants in your landscape and garden. Chapters 3 through 11 are comprehensive chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It's all in the book. 
840 of my photographs and 344 pages of high-quality paper, more than 25 multi-page charts. Now, the book is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. Where it is, is in my garage, waiting to be signed, because I sign every copy, and I put them in the mail myself, and we ship them directly to you. You don't have to pay for all the middle people in there taking their hand out, because it comes directly from me to you. Satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. The book is only thirty-six ninety-five, plus tax and postage, and that is a very small amount for a book that's a hardback and printed in Texas. And uh, so I'll guarantee your satisfaction. 74,000 copies sold to date, and not one person has asked for a refund. Here are the two ways you can order it, since it's not stores and not on Amazon. You can order it from neilsperry.com, or you can call my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 800 752 grow 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order from my website, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Also, I want to tell you about Mueller, but I, I want to give you the phone number once again. I didn't hit that very heavily as we got the program underway. And uh, the phone number to call my program right now is 888-256-1080. I'm live on this uh, still cold but getting better Saturday, and I'd love to hear from you. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and he will take your call. We are live. We have four open lines. I need somebody to talk to, and I know you'll call me. 888-256-1080. The 1930s were difficult times for America. Our country was in the Great Depression, and jobs were scarce, but hope remained high. It was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now here we are 90 years later, and the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our area. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com to learn more and to find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or you can stop by one of their 33 locations. Again, that's 877-268-3553. That's Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Mueller is made in America, and it's made to last. MuellerInc.com. More after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. That line is uh, still open, a few of them. Uh, We'd like to hear from you right now. It's toll-free anywhere you can hear me, 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Call right now, won't you please? Let's go to Stephen in Amarillo. You'll see how easy this is, folks. 888-256-1080. Stephen, thanks for calling this morning. How can I help you? 
Good morning, sir. I got a lot of questions about elderberries. I'll take all the information you want to share. Um, okay. so that I may not take wife. very long, Stephen. <laughs> that may not take very long. I'll give it my, my best, though. So my wife had an interest in elderberries, so I bought her uh, five plants, and uh, we're just looking for information about spacing, um, when to plant them outside, because currently they're growing indoors underneath our, our starter lights. Um, I guess there's something about safety, like you're not supposed to eat them raw, something like that. What what, what can you throw at me? Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to a little research. I'm gonna have to do some research. I have uh, I have been around elderberries a lot. Uh, when we lived in Ohio, they were they were common natively and native where I live now in northern North Texas. I'm pretty sure, but I don't think that they are. I, I need to do more homework. I'd rather just tell you I don't know, Stephen, because that really is true. It's not anything I've ever grown. Uh, the ones that I have um, seen in stores did not appear to be fully matured yet. I don't know what somebody could have done with those. Uh, I don't know how you use them if you're going to make wine with them. Um, I nibbled on one, and it certainly wasn't very tasty. And I just kind of walked away saying, what is the deal there? Uh, I don't have an answer. That's not my not my area. I'm more in ornamental horticulture. Uh, if I I don't have another long break for a while, yeah, I do too. I have a couple. I'll see what I can find. But I'll bet you you will find information if you would Google University Production Elderberry, and uh, I would go with the Midwest universities. I'd, I'd try Oklahoma State. That's going that's going to come closest to having your climate. Uh, you might try. Um, Trying to think of uh, Illinois, University of Illinois would be uh, kind of in the Midwest climate at Champaign-Urbana, um, and and see what you can find that would would have Colorado State might have some help for you. I don't know how well they're going to survive the harsh conditions you have. That's what worries me the most. You still there? All right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. Good, I am. Good. Good. I can probably help you. This is a bold statement from Neil, based on taking 450,000 calls in my career. I can probably help you with almost any other plant better than I can help you on elderberries. <laughs> That's how bad I am. Better to admit All it. right. Well, I appreciate the, the search for knowledge here in a little bit. And uh, I'll go ahead and plug for your book. We got it at Christmas. That thing's beautiful. Your photos are amazing. The layout is excellent. Everybody should go get a copy. Well, other people deserve the credit, Cindy Smith, for the layout, and, and but I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. And I'll, I'll see what I can find on elderberries. If my Facebook page is functional, I haven't been on it for a couple of days, you're welcome to post the question there, and then I can do the research and, 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 and put an answer back for you. It's just in my name, of course. So yeah, let's, let's give that a try, too. Thank you for calling. Thanks right. for your Thank you. uh, thanks for your patience. You betcha. Folks, that's as simple as it is. Give me a call at 888-256-1080. I will not string you along. I'd rather tell you I don't know than give you a wrong answer. I've been I'm sure I've given a wrong answer here or there in in all those 450,000 phone calls, but I never did it because I was just uh, taking a chance. Um so I I just uh, believe in trying to be honest with people always. 
I am going to warn you again because there could still be other windstorms, ice storms, and heavy rainstorms. Those trees that have been weakened by last year's cold and the dieback, and now by snow and ice, those trees that have been weakened are vulnerable to breakage, and they're heavy. They can do a lot of damage. If you got through, luckily, this year, uh, this this ice storm, if you're in a part of Texas where there was ice, then you need to, uh, you really need to take action as quickly as you can afterwards. The good arborists, the certified arborists, are going to be behind uh, by uh, uh, calls that they're going to get for limb breakage uh, as a result of this storm currently. So be patient. Um, and if you have an emergency, tell them that, and they'll try to help you. But um, don't don't put off tree pruning work that might come down, hurt somebody, or damage your, your automobile or your house. Uh, we have John in Rockdale, Mike in Abilene. We'll get to you right in a moment. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter. You've heard me refer to it already a time or two this morning. It comes out on Thursday nights, just a little after 6 p.m. We actually sent it out a day early this week because of the the uh, uh, oncoming uh, uh, cold front and the uh, snow and ice. I just wanted to get it in your hands if there was anything in it that would be of use to you. Uh, eGardens is like an old-fashioned garden section. I do most of the writing of eGardens uh, occasionally. Once a month, Diane Sitton writes a wonderful story. Uh, she is uh, she is so much about bringing fun and whimsy into your landscape and into your garden. And and this coming week, she has a story on mosaic in in a tile and creating beautiful mosaics. And Stephen Shambly always writes a fun story the next week after that. So that'll be a, a ten days from now. And so those are things you don't want to miss. But otherwise, I write a story on a featured plant of the week, on a featured question of the week that I have been asked repeatedly, and on gardening this weekend, where I point out the things that you need to be doing in your landscape and garden in that week. You'll find eGardens to be ultra-informative, ultra-timely, and always free. I'll never spam you. I don't give or sell your email address to anybody. So it really will be just what you need, and it comes free on Thursdays. You subscribe to it. Like I say, it's free. You subscribe to it at my website. You have to do that. Go to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on that eGardens tab. You can always see the most recent issue there, and that's also where you sign up for it. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. All right, I want to go back to uh, Stephen from Amarillo for just a moment uh, quickly first, and uh, then we'll go back to our uh, current callers. Uh, I did just a really quick uh, search, and I have Google on my Mac uh, laptop, MacBook Pro, and uh, when I when I searched um, in Safari, when I searched uh, elderberry, uh, my my keywords were university, horticulture, elderberry. Um, I got a ton of matches for university horticulture websites and elderberry production. And I just had to scroll down and choose the ones that look like they might be useful to Amarillo. And uh, the University of, let's see, it's uh, Utah State. Uh, looked like it might be a good one. It is their 
It's from 2014-04, so it sounds like in April uh, 2004. No, it says October 2014 publication, Elderberry in the Garden. Uh, but anyway, it talks about everything you need to know to grow elderberries. And Utah is a has a, a rather foreboding climate at times. And I see a lot of the other ones that I also saw in my matches listed there as references. But you'll find all kinds of information if you'll do that, uh, Stephen, and I think that's going to be where I'll let you uh, pursue it because those are smart people on elderberries, and Neil is not. (laughs) So let me leave it at that. I go to John in Rockdale, and I'll see if I can improve my image here, my batting average. John, this is Neil. Good morning. Oh, no. Well, I won't even finish writing his name in my list then. Let's go to, he was going to ask about uh, his plants freezing. Let's go to Mike in Abilene. Mike, this is Neil. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm well. Thank you, sir. What can I do to help? Well, in my backyard, my St. Augustine grass has been declining probably over the last four or five years. And I was wondering if I did replace it, could I replace it with buffalo grass? You could do it. It would be, a, in my opinion, a horrible mistake. And the reason is that if you put buffalo grass in, uh, you will have a full lawn of Bermuda grass within two years. It's, it's just it's amazing to me how quickly uh, Bermuda grass overtakes buffalo grass. And I found that out 30 years ago. 30 years ago, the uh, two cultivars of buffalo grass were introduced by Texas A&M Prairie and 609. And I had uh, about a half acre of 609 planted as a, uh, as a trial, as a gift. And uh, I saw also at the Dallas Arboretum a big garden planted with a different variety. And uh, I saw a county agent's lawn planted with prairie. And all three of them were overtaken by Bermuda almost immediately. And what happened, I was, I was talking to my friend, Dr. Jerry Parsons, about this. Jerry and I share an opinion on this, uh, the same opinion on this. Jerry was, is retired now as an extension uh, horticulture specialist from San Antonio. And the, the problem is, and, and I, I shared my opinion with him, my dad was a, a range specialist for Texas A&M, and I traveled with him as a kid, and I'd see these patches of beautiful buffalo grass out in your area and, and, and south of you down toward Uvalde, and, and I'd say, what is that grass? That looks really pretty there along the road, just out in a ditch. And he'd say, that's buffalo grass. Isn't that nice? I'd say, yeah, that'd make a nice lawn. And he'd say, yeah, it would. And, and so eventually, when it came aboard in 1991, I thought this is going to be a great answer to all our prayers. But the difference is that out there along the road, it gets runoff off the road when it rains. And there's no Bermuda anywhere around. When we put it in a home lawn setting and we have some Bermuda somewhere, then the Bermuda comes in and we're watering the lawn to try to keep it green, at least a little green and alive during the summer, then the Bermuda can over to Bermuda is the dominant grass and it will overtake the buffalo grass. I asked uh, a now retired county horticulturist in Odessa 
if uh, they use much buffalo grass. This is 20 years ago, and she said, no, we can't keep the Bermuda out of it. I mean, it's just a, a problem everywhere. You'd be better off with Bermuda if you're trying to replace it if you have full sun. Uh, zoysias are coming aboard as better replacements uh, than buffalo grass. Does, uh, I, I, well, I we have a lot of clay soil, you know, right. here, and I think that's what the problem is with my St. Augustine. Well, St. Augustine will do very well in any kind of soil. That's not the problem. The problem with St. Augustine is it has a lot of other problems going on. It has several diseases. It has chinch bugs, and it's had some bad freeze damage. And I love St. Augustine. It's my grass of choice, but it, it brings with it a lot of a lot of enemies, a lot of baggage. Yeah. And, and so I think okay. if you're going to change, I'd either go to Bermuda or Zoysia. Okay. All my right. answer, my well, answer was unnecessarily long on purpose because I want to, well, I want to, I want to put buffalo grass off to the side on purpose. Well, I think you did that. So anyway, I was, I was leaning toward buffalo grass, but I, you know, I've, I've been reading on Bermuda and and I hadn't read much on Zoysia. So, but uh, anyway. Yeah, I think buffalo grass may be off to the side now. Mike, so. we don't have we don't have an A plus grass in Texas yet, but I I'll bet you that in twenty five years, if we do have an A plus grass, I'll bet it'll be a zoysia. We may not be there yet, but there's a lot of work going on with zoysias, and I'll bet you it, it will come from zoysias. Um, zoysias are a little bit more tolerant of shade than Bermuda is. Um, and and uh, so that's where they'll have a leg up on on uh, on Bermuda. They do have some of the same disease problems that St. Augustine has. Common Bermuda is still probably the best grass for most of Texas, unless you have shade. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, appreciate your you. call. Thank you very much. Have you a bet. great one. Thank you. Aha. All right, Julie and Lampasas, stay with me, and I will be right back with you. She has a question on Christmas trees, so. Hopefully we have, you know, another couple minutes won't won't be a big problem for her. I hope. I hope that will be the end of my calls that I have on my call screen. So I'd love to have some more calls. 888-256-1080. Call now. 888-256-1080. This is uh, the second chance I have to tell you about my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. And I've mentioned to you that it comes with a money-back guarantee. I I've ha- have always felt that I need to do that for you because you don't have a chance to hold the book in your hand. You don't have a chance to see the book on uh, on a, some kind of a digital thing where you can say, let me thumb through this and see if I like it, um, that you can on some websites. Uh, you can see parts of it on my website that's where you buy it that's the only place i have it for sales my website and by calling my office so i just say you know what if you get it and you just don't think it's what you had in mind i'll refund every penny no questions asked and i've done that for seventy-four thousand copies that i have signed and mailed and not one person has asked for a, a refund not one person i had one that came back and they said you know, I'd really kind of like to get my money back on that one. I want another one. And the reason was uh, it, uh, the postman had left it out in the rain. <laughs> I think we can handle that. No problem. And uh, But nobody has asked for a refund. Uh, it has 11 chapters that cover everything about outdoor landscaping and 
fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Lawns, anything outdoors. I don't do houseplants or greenhouses, but I do everything outdoors in this. Cover soils. I cover the climate. I cover the hardiness zones, how you make the right decisions. I'll help you avoid mistakes of buying the wrong plants. I tell you, if a plant is a sorry dog loser plant, red tip photinias, don't buy them. Indian hawthorns, don't buy them. People are buying Indian hawthorns this spring to replace their their uh, plants that they lost in the cold. Don't buy them. They are still cold vulnerable, but they also have a, a fatal disease. And I tell you that. So it's just little things like that all the way through the book. 840 of my photographs, more than 25 pages of multi-page, 25 multi-page charts, and uh, 344 pages, hardback book, and 11 chapters. I sign every copy as it sells. Here's how you do buy it. You either call my office Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5, and that number is 800 752 grow 800-752-4769. The better way by far is to order it right now from my website. That's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and I'll get it signed, and we'll have it in the mail to you Tuesday. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. All right, Kelly, thank you, sir. Let's go to Julie in Lampasas. Julie, this is Neil. Good morning. Well, Julie, 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 that is a piercing sound, Christmas trees. I don't know what to do with that. Let's go to John in Rockdale. John, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I think you heard that sound from me a little while ago. I did. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. I have an elf in here down by the pool and that last cold spell we had it got nipped in the bud and i cut it way down this time i covered it up will it come back how cold have you gotten uh well it's got down to 18 well that's uh, here in Rocco, cold we had a lot of sleep too but i had it covered up i mean I, I, yeah that'll help i've, I've had them come it. back from that we i live as i said at the beginning of the program i live northeast of mckinney and we typically go to 18 we typically typically go to 15 and mine normally come back uh uh-huh. didn't come back last year after four below but but uh, I, I would uh, imagine no. it'll come back. Time will tell. There's no way we can predict it. They're slow to come out, yeah. so yeah. so be patient. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Thank you, sir. You bet. Yeah. There's no way to know uh-huh. until until about the middle of April. Yeah, okay. By then, you'll be able to tell. Yeah. Well, okay. Thanks I'll, for calling. I'll try and be patient, then. That always helps. Uh-huh. Thank you. Let's go to Cheryl in Brenham. Cheryl, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How can I, I help you? I, have a question. I have a gardenia that's in a pot, and um, it does get the buds on it, and some of them bloom, but a lot of my buds fall off. So before blooming, is there something I can do for that? Yeah, let's try to figure out what's uh, happening. Um, so where does it spend the winter? Um, I keep it out back. I have uh, put it up under the porch now and you know it's covered during this freeze all right and in the spring um 
and this has been going on for several years, and you've had the the bud drop every year. Um, I, we had to dig it, dig it up, and we moved, and so we put it in a pot, and it's been sitting on the I say south uh, east corner of the house. That's where I, I guess what I'm wondering is what is the history of this bud drop? Has it happened every year for several years? It's been in the pot for about uh, a year now, so it's it's been happening. Each time it gets, uh, just over the past year, each time just, it gets. Just since it went into the pot. Yes. All right. Um, there are two things that will cause, there may be others, but I can think of two things that would cause gardenias to abort their buds prematurely. One would be uh, if the plant is uh, getting a little bit too dry. It will shed okay. buds. That's typical of a lot of flowering plants, most notably roses of Sharon, Altheas. They just throw their buds all over the ground like they're mad. And okay. uh, if they get dry, they normally bloom at the end of the spring going into the summer, at a time when we typically turn hot and dry. And, man, they just start shedding buds. Well, a gardenia would do the same thing if it were allowed to wilt. It would start shedding buds because the, the plant's... I'm going to personify a lot right now. The plant's desire is to keep itself alive. I don't need to bloom. I need to keep me going. And so it okay. will it will shed the buds uh, as a part of that. The only other thing that will cause buds to drop, and if this had happened while it was still in the ground and healthy and happy in the ground, uh, would be uh, if you had uh, thrips in the flowers, in the, in the buds. Thrips are little sliver-shaped insects. Um, that get into the tight buds, and as the buds try to open, they, they will abort. And you can peel the petals apart and see the little thrips that look like one-day-old whiskers, kind of honey-colored whiskers running around in the flowers. You'll see them okay. also on roses. They will cause spots on the petals, cause uh, white-colored petals of roses or, or gardenias to turn uh, kind of yellowish spots, and they'll cause red-colored rose petals to turn white and and that's a way that you can tell that you have thrips you can also see them uh, they're very tiny but you can see them so that's another possibility but if it only happened after you put it in a pot then I, my guess is it probably got too dry it could also be because it's in not quite enough light to keep it blooming gardenias need very bright light they don't necessarily okay. have to have full sunlight but if they're in a in a darker area than they would prefer then the leaves may be happy but the plant tries to bloom and say, I don't think I can bloom in this kind of light. And, and it'll kick off a bunch of, a bunch of uh, buds. So one of those three answers is perfect. <laughs> now, I hand them to you with a shovel and say, take this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate you. All right. That. Have a good day. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go from Washington County in just a moment to, to Brewster County. And if I had two counties in Texas and I had a day to go to uh, two counties each, one day each, I'd go to those two counties. Those are my two favorite counties in my state other than my own home county. They're just beautiful counties, Washington County, Brenham, and Brewster County, Alpine. Let me get this last break out of the way, and we'll go to Alpine. We're going to be talking about aloe vera. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'm sorry, this is about my website, and that's where you go to buy my book, Lone Star Gardening. It's also where you go if you're interested in signing up for eGardens. Remember, we talked about that, my free electronic newsletter that comes out each week. You also go to neilsperry.com because you find answers to my 1001 
most frequently asked questions. And you'll find information there on Rose Rosette Virus. I just leave that information archived there because I'm asked about it so often. A lot of other information on my website on St. Augustine uh, uh, disease and insect problems. All of that is at my website at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. I hope you'll go there, take a look at it, and I hope you'll take a look at my book and eGardens and consider both of them. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Let me tell you again about Mueller because I am such a firm believer in this great company. It's a Texas-based company with roots as deep as the state of Texas. Just a great company. Why should you pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own your own genuine Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable, and they offer a permanent storage solution right there in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com to get a free customized building estimate. And while you're there, Click on their color selector tool to make choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. Or you can visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Mueller means more. Mueller Steel Buildings for Permanent Storage. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Conley in Alpine. Conley, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, Neil. What's going on? It's uh, Conley in Alpine, and uh, it's beautiful out here. It's really cold, though. So Yeah, yeah. but it's beautiful. I love Alpine. But uh, love it's Alpine. absolutely beautiful. As you know, probably we have uh, Rembrandt uh, for uh, our scenery out here in Alpine. But I have a question about aloe vera, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, so um, I've had this aloe vera plant for a long time. Uh, it, it is, it, it, it had a cold spell a few years ago and I'm trying to resuscitate it and it's still alive, but, uh, I'm having a hard time making it plump and girthy, like, you know, back to its, uh, old days. So, right, it didn't, uh, it didn't go through. Like, yeah. You didn't have it out in the freeze. Did you? Well, if I did it, it must've been for, I, I don't know. I mean, not recently. No, not in the last two years. Right. I, you know, I've, I've brought it in, I've taken care of it. I prayed for it. You know, I loved it, <laughs> you know? And, um, so, uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, this thing, it still looks like it's shrunken after a whole year of surviving. And, uh, I'm wondering how to make it plump again and, uh, get a little vibrant out of its life. All right. What I would recommend with aloe vera is put it in a terracotta pot uh, I, okay. I raised them. Got it I, have, in there. I have a good many of them. Uh, the potting okay. soil needs to be 
very well draining. I put, I use expanded shale for my ballast because they get very heavy, top heavy, the plants do. I pinch mm-hmm. out all of the side shoots that come up in an aloe vera so that I get just the one stem because that will help it bloom. I want to see the flowers are beautiful flower spikes. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it cannot stand any freezing weather. And I'm worried about the fact that your plant might have been exposed to freezing temperatures uh, a year or two or three ago. And if that's the case, it may just be very weakened from that. I have about 20 seconds, so I've really got to get my answer finished. Um, okay. I would, uh, I would even consider buying one more and starting a new one and seeing if you can't outrace this one with a new one because they're so okay. pretty and, and that would make sure you had a nice big one going. But, uh, bright light doesn't have to have full sunlight, but not in heavy shade, not, uh, not in a dark corner indoors and just, uh, protect it during freezing weather. Gotta run. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy garden.